chapter twelve of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recorded by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain truce lacaille started and his cry was echoed from one end of the camp to the other officers and men aroused by the commotion started up seizing their weapons running here and there in bewilderment the trumpets blared and there was a clanking of steel as the sick and starving men gladly arrayed themselves in the ranks of battle ribault aroused for the moment by the martial sounds and sights marched before the company his eyes flashing and his sword bare giving orders in so inspiring a way that the men took great heart and stood strong and reliant the arquebusiers loaded their pieces and at an order from their captains marched down the beach to the end of the sand spit opposite the spaniards where they grounded their arms and waited but regardless of this warlike show upon our part the spaniards made no move to show their numbers or intentions many more men appeared upon the hills and others to the number of threescore or more came out of the bushy hollows between the sand dunes and stood unconcerned looking across at us there seemed something portentous in this calmness and confidence and this notion of mine was not quieted by the subsequent actions of the spanish officers for three or four of them came upon the beach and arm in arm walked calmly up and down talking together while their men set themselves upon the ground and ate their morning meal this calmness of the enemy had its effect upon the companies of the frenchmen we could easily see that sick hungry and weak as we were our men could prove no match for these hardy biscayans with the confidence born of full bellies and continued good fortune our men stood nervously their hands to their waistbands and their eyes starting from their sunken sockets as they saw these gluttons across the channel contentedly munch their biscuits and drink some steaming stuff which was brought them in a great iron pot from the camp among the hills the hunger which during the two days had been reduced to a dull gnawing at the vitals and a general weakness of mind and body now at the sight of this steaming pottage suddenly became most keen and poignant as i looked my mouth opened and my tongue came out from my lips Ventre bleu, shouted de brisac they tantalize us it is not to be borne job goddard who was one of my company of seamen made no concealment of his suffering 
and leaned upon his pike with both hands craning his neck his mouth and eyes wide distended then without a word which was the surer sign of his madness and without changing his gaze or expression he threw down his weapon and walked forward out of the ranks down the beach toward the spaniards and into the water until the surface rose over his head none of us had a notion of his intention until he came up sputtering for he could not swim drifting seaward with the tide he must surely have drowned had not one of the company fastened upon him from one of the rafts with a boat-hook ribault then set the men at rest and called a conference of the officers at which it was quickly decided to raise a white flag and call for a parley with those in authority among the spaniards a white shirt was thereupon fastened to a staff and lacaille the sergeant-major went out upon a raft in plain sight of the enemy waving his standard to and fro presently an officer emerged from the bushes on the other shore replying then lacaille raising his voice so that it echoed plainly among the distant sand-hills shouted we are frenchmen company of jean ribault admiral of france if you would parley send an envoy there was a pause before the answer came in our ranks so great was the interest no word was spoken then we heard in a harsh commanding voice you have a raft come yourselves but the raft would have been of little avail in the current of this channel so brunel the valiant swimmer who had gone first ashore from the trinity swam quickly to the opposite side and seeing a canoe which lay there entered it and paddled back to us unmolested lacaille presently returned with him to the spaniards as an envoy from the admiral we saw lacaille who feared nothing directly approach a group of the officers among the bushes whom we could make out by reason of the swords they carried these he saluted and one in a cloak arose and acknowledged him courteously then he sat down and talked with them ribault meanwhile had gone back upon the dunes where many of those most religiously inclined had fallen upon their knees in prayer it was not proper that he should have left the front of his command when a mission so delicate as this was trembling in the balance it is not my desire to belittle the use of prayer at any time since if meet and fitting such petitions are frequently heard and the great god is very good but it was little like this gallant man to give a public sign of his doubts to cope with any questions or adversaries and such perhaps a prayer would not have been had not all his actions since the wrecking of the trinity shown a timidity unaccountable a great gloom had fallen upon those petitioners 
but there were few of us who had not come under its ban by and by they sang a hymn the melancholy cadences rolled and echoed from one sand hill to another until the sound sunk deep into our souls and made us weak and womanish so dispirited were my men that i perforce gave out a few sharp orders of discipline and so set them to rights the face of lacai wore no great signs of encouragement as he returned the admiral met him upon the beach as the canoe touched the shore is it he began it is menendez de aviles the adelantado said lacai gravely and his force many hundreds i should judge your excellency so dispose that progress in this direction is impossible ribault put his hand to his brow as though a great pain were at his temples i thought as much he said lacaille went on i am bidden tell your excellency that if you should desire to speak with this spaniard you may go with four or six companions and he pledges his word you shall come back safe ribault was in a great ferment of spirit but he could not doubt that what the sergeant-major said was true and so he called the ensign arlac the sieur de la note and myself who with lacaille de brezac and one other entered the canoe and paddled to the opposite shore upon our approach menendez de aviles arose and with two officers and a priest walked down upon the beach to meet us he stood very erect and bore his hand lightly upon the hilt of his sword a black cloak thrown around his shoulders half hid his mouth and chin but for all that i could mark the sinister smile and cruel lips the sight of which had been burnt into my memory as i lay weak and helpless in the dungeon at dieppe his chaplain de solis was at his heels the officers were not ill-favoured only servile and full of fear of him all four bowed low doffing their morions and sweeping them to the admiral who acknowledged the courtesy in kind many compliments upon the reputation of each of these men were passed by the other and it might have been thought that they were rather new-found friends than the deadliest enemies of their generation in this poor world de Aviles came well prepared to treat with starving men he led us up to the bushes and bidding us be seated caused wine and preserved fruits to be placed before us though it seemed i had no mind to eat we partook of these things with great avidity were there great events to come it were better i thought to borrow strength to meet them there was little said ribault addressed to the adelantado a few questions yet these were for the most part unimportant the silence of lacaille and the others 
was that of hungry men and not to be mistaken for fear or intimidation i was using my eyes to as good an advantage as my teeth and let them travel from one bush and hummock to another seeking to discover if possible more than lacay of their disposition and force yet look as i might everywhere did i see a breastpiece morion pike or arquebus the bushes seemed fairly alive with soldiery and at least a hundred and fifty men were in plain sight from where we sat upon the sand if this were but an advance guard or escort from the army of menendez then surely the half-starved ill-armed dispirited three hundred and fifty cavaliers seamen soldiers and tinkers of admiral ribault had scant chance of fighting a victorious battle here or otherwhere though i looked much at the scenes and persons about me my eyes would ever return to a low-lying bush some fifty feet away upon a sand-dune for in its shadow was a human leg booted the toe of which extended partly out into the sunlight i thought it at first the member of some tired fellow asleep and so gave it no thought but my gaze came back upon that foot with a sinister persistency for follow the line of the leg into the shadow as i would i could find no companion to it nor yet a body it ended with a horrid abruptness half above the knee menendez de aviles abruptly broke the silence captain juan ribao he said with an air of command which jarred strangely upon his courteous demeanor further subterfuge between us were now a sin and a lie before the face of god our lord are you catholics or lutherans we are lutherans of the new faith returned ribault staunchly the spaniard sucked in a long breath between his teeth gentlemen your fort is taken and in it all are put to the sword he spat the words out mercilessly and hatefully there was a dreadful stillness and then we started up with one accord looking around from the one to the other the sieur de la nantes tried to speak but the words would not come forth from his throat at which he clutched and would have gone to the ground had he not fallen back into my arms the admiral was bewildered lacay only did not tremble he stood up straight and fearless senor pedro menendez de aviles he said calmly and distinctly it is my belief that you lie menendez seized his sword at this insult and the spanish officers rushed forward they thought surely the adelantado would run the valiant frenchman through the body but the devil was not ready yet it was too pleasant a torture to have been ended so soon he thrust his sword back until it rung in the scabbard and folded his arms laughing 
you wish proofs he then said quickly very well you shall have them and going to the edge of the bushes he gave some orders while we stood horror-stricken in a while came three soldiers bringing some weapons and a sack arlac the ensign with a look of dismay upon his face seized upon a sword which was thrust toward him par la bonté de dieu he cried it is lavinia's very own and then we saw dishes and platters bearing the arms of rene de laudonniere two axes dark stained and broken at the handle but bearing the name of a maker of dieppe a canteen a crossbow all of which were known of de brezac and lacaille i pray that never again may any man upon the earth be given such sufferings of mind as began for me from that moment diane diane no no i would not believe it the sieur de la notte who had been looking vacantly from lacaille to arlac the ensign fell heavily to the beach uttering a moan which sounded more like that of some poor beast than of a man i thought he was dead he made no move though we dashed water at his head again and again at last his breathing came with difficulty and when some wine had been poured down his throat he lifted his head and tried to speak senor adelantado he cried trembling and halting at every word at the terror of uttering it my daughter diane diane de la notte she is not dead dead for the love of god say that she is not dead and the love he bore her in that speech welded his soul and mind so tight together that not even death could draw us apart but the adelantado would give no answer only standing there with folded arms gloating upon our misfortune like some great snake upraised to strike yet sure of his prey and charming by his venomousness surely it was the very perfection of cruelty for the old man lifted himself to a sitting posture with both hands upraised and then fell back upon the sand making no sound lifting the poor man in my arms i carried him down the beach to the canoe where i laid him upon a boat cloak but that was not all fearful of some new discovery yet bewitched and trusting in the word of this spaniard we followed him and his officers up the beach one horror but waited upon another the spaniards made no concealment of it and now i knew the reason of the dread horror that had hung upon me not only did i see dismembered human legs half covered with sand but here and there a body bearing no longer any human semblance the adelantado walked a little in advance swerving neither to the right nor to the left for the dreadful things which his boots frequently touched regardless familiar 
once he stumbled in the sand and cursing like to have fallen as he uncovered a human head which rolled over until it sat upon its neck the beard spreading out fanwise upon the sand and the face through the matted hair grinning fiercely arlac and the admiral being in front fell back shuddering turning whiter even than the sand and holding each other by the arms i looked at the dreadful object and my blood turned to water the thing was verdier the admiral would now go no further saying that he had seen enough and wished only to go away from it all but menendez in great good humor smiled saying it were better to see and know all that could be known and we believed him we were heedless of treachery or aught else for it seemed to matter little now whether we lived or died and there was a horrible fascination which seemed to lead us on in spite of ourselves and so we followed trembling we had gone a distance of a gunshot or more from the end of the sand spit when we came to two sand hills larger than those we had passed they lay in two curves the one toward the other making an enclosed place which at the two entrances on the sides was thickly grown up with grass and bushes to the nearest of these entrances menendez led us then stopped and turned grimly to the admiral here juan ribao he said is the company of the gloire and entering by the pathway he motioned us to follow but a terror had fallen upon us as at the dread of something supernatural there was no wind and a silence heavy and oppressive hung about the place the more appalling for the distant roar of the waves upon the beach overhead high in the sky several vultures were idly wheeling i looked at the faces of the others lacaille was livid but his jaw was set and his eye was glassy like that of the dead alac was white as marble and hung upon me cold and nerveless the admiral had clasped his hands together before him and bent his head to his breast his eyes were closed he was praying for myself i seemed to have no further fear or dread only a curiosity which fascinated leaving our luck i walked forward with lacaille and entered at first i could see nothing for bushes grew about the place and god's pure sand which had unwillingly drunk up the blood of this reeking sacrifice had mercifully blown in upon it and tenderly made a white coverlet here and there which hid the freshness of the barbarity i halt at the horror of it and i cannot write more of the scene it is enough to say that the men of the gloire's company had been led to this place in small parties their hands bound behind their backs with the match-cords of their own arquebuses menendez de aviles with his cane had drawn a line across the entrance when they had passed within they were set upon by these savage people like 
tigers and defenseless were slaughtered like sheep they were about two hundred in number and of these not one was left alive menendez told us these things calmly as one who recites that of which he has been told then he turned once more to the admiral saying somewhat softly as though to atone a little in our eyes for the deeds he had acknowledged it is sad that human beings should be enemies and i would not pursue war relentlessly but i believe that this is a just fate for all heretics or catholics i will befriend but as you are of the newer sect i hold you as enemies and wage deadly war against you and this i will do with all cruelty cruel death in this country where i command as viceroy and captain general for my king i am here to plant the holy gospel that the indians may be enlightened and come to a knowledge of the faith the admiral made no reply and so he turned back and we followed him End of chapter 12